the main core thing ventilation is going to do is affect the air temperature. Obviously, we're getting rid of the moisture and contaminants, the gases from the pits, but also those ventilation systems that are going to increase, decrease airspeed across the animals, which affects their temperature, and then drying out or wetting of the slats. Welcome to Inside the Helix, a podcast presentation from DNA Genetics. Throughout this series, we focus on all things that matter to the pork industry. You'll hear from our award-winning team of geneticists, veterinarians, animal care providers, nutritionists, and other industry-leading experts. We'll explore pig production from genetic improvement all the way to meat quality. Listen along as we take a deep dive inside the DNA Helix. The days are getting longer and warmer, and if you're in the swine industry, summer ventilation is likely something you're thinking about. Joining me to discuss this today is Andy Jacobowski. Andy is a director with Pillin Family Farms and is based out of Columbus, Nebraska. Thanks for joining us today, Andy. Hey, Curtis. Thanks for having me on today. Before we get started, outside of maybe the founder of the company and a few others, you may be the most senior team member that we have with Pillin Family Farms, and I don't mean this by age. Tell us how long you've been with the company and how you really got your start within the swine industry. Yeah, you bet, Curtis. I've been around, I think it's uh, 27, 28 years with the business. So maybe backtracking through the evolution, working working from uh, the ground up, uh, started in reproduction in the business, and from there evolved through all facets of the production. From that standpoint, I've been able to get a lot of knowledge and just love the culture of the business and the challenges that it creates all the time that uh, you got to figure out. From there, that led me into lot, lots of different facets of the business, into the data, into the ventilation and filtration of our farms. From that standpoint, I think when you think about all the challenges in the swine industry, they can be really, really big negatives or they can be really good positives to learn from all the time and creates a challenging environment. And so my interest in the industry has just always been uh, how as a group, a uh, collective group, can we keep getting better and better all the time? And that's through people. And so tackling all the production phases and uh, getting better as a group so we can, can be the best we can be every every single day. Now, is the swine industry something that you were exposed to as a youth or is this something that you've, are these skills that you gained professionally? Yeah. You know, so dating back, don't remember a lot of it, but as a young kid, I grew up on a family farm. My dad, he uh, had a reproductive farm and we sold feeder pigs. And so I don't remember a lot of it, see the pictures and uh, the farm's still existing today. From there, just really love the the site of animal agriculture and, you know, all the nuances it brings every single day and challenges that uh, you can figure out. It keeps it really exciting. Very good. Jumping into our topic then, summer ventilation. We all should know or at least understand the importance of ventilation in swine barns as it helps with heat and moisture levels. We're trying to avoid heat stress. What impacts could heat stress have on, on a herd? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think, uh, you know, through the years, there's lots of science and data that's been out there. And as you think about our business today, we have different facets of it. We have the the gene centers, just going through the phases. We have the reproductive centers, the nurseries, and then the finishers ultimately before, before they head off. And so all different phases, when you, when you really think about the impacts to our industry, as we come out of spring ventilation and into summer ventilation, the heat stress is really a time when uh, we've got to shift gears a little bit and make sure the animals are comfortable throughout our system. So 
heat stress in our business, you know, it, it can cost a lot of money. And when you're thinking of reproductive centers, we want that mom converting as much feed as she can, especially when she's in lactation, so she can provide the pigs with as much nutrients so they, when they get sent off to the nursery, they're in, in good shape. But also making sure she's able to reproductively breed back good and have a next successful litter. So a lot of the heat stress you see reproductively, it's, uh, it's delayed. You might not see that stress or that heat stress from that time period affect till the next litter. Really what you're doing today is going to impact the future of maybe the next generation of pigs from that mom. And so having a, a dialed in impact of what's going on in those environments and those barns today is really important. Mm -hmm. As you head in the nurseries and finishers, you know, really the importance there goes back to average daily gain, feed conversion, and ultimately mortality. And so keeping pigs comfortable during all these aspects of heat will really help the, the bottom line of your business. So pigs don't like hot weather, as probably a lot of people don't like hot weather, but how can we, you talked about that, that comfortability and, and you may not be able to determine some of the effects of heat stress for, for a while. Is there any visual ways at the, at the current time during those hot days where you can understand or determine if pigs are comfortable or not? Yeah, really good question. And I think a lot of it goes to Curtis of just being observant to your environments. And so as caretakers, while we're in the barns every day, it's really important to visualize what are the pigs telling you? There's lots of different ways to do that, obviously. The number one is just how are they laying? Observing how pigs are laying. Are they piled? Are they spread out? Is there certain areas of the barn that seems like the pigs are avoiding for some certain reason? And, and then ultimately in the heat period, some of them are going to be trying to find coolness. And so, or a lot of them are. And so I think really observing where have we created those good zones and we can, can we create more of them to keep those pigs comfortable? You know, I'd say also along with that, as you're going through, you want to observe what's the respiration rates, you know, so if you're in a farrowing house, what's the moms telling you in there? Are they panning a lot? Um, are they comfortable? And ultimately, what's what's the pigs tell you around there? And then and then getting technical, you could take the rectal temps of the, the moms and they'll show an increase of if she's stressed during those warm days also. Now, you've spoken at different swine conferences over the years and you've spoken on the thermal environment of the pig. Let's talk about this. Yeah, really the thermal environment of the pig, it's what the pig really feels. And we call that effective environmental temperature. With that, there's many combined influencing factors to that. What I'd like to maybe say on that is when you when you think of the the effective environmental temperature, it's much like us if we get out of the shower and we just took a nice warm bath and we get out into a cold environment, we're chilled. We want to get a towel on us and get dried off as quick as we can. And so I think understanding the thermal environment that's in our surroundings every day, not only the pig, but us, it, it can help influence to know what's going around us. And so there's multiple things that affect that based on wind speed and the air temp and things like that. But uh, the thermal environment of the pig, I think, is you know, one of the main things we want to do as much as we can in the end to have a pig use the nutrients it's eating and not have to use that for fuel to get rid of heat or gain heat, whether it's cold weather or warm weather. And so really uh, the influences into that are really multifactorial. We mentioned a few of these already, the heat and the humidity. What else can ventilations, ventilation systems influence? 
Yeah, mainly in our in our business uh, with with the different uh, style of barns we have. The main core thing ventilation is going to do is affect the air temperature. Obviously, we're getting rid of the moisture and contaminants in the the dust and disease organisms, the gases from the pits, but also those ventilation systems. They're going to increase decrease airspeed across the animals, which affects their temperature. And then drying out or wetting of the slats, you know, so air effectively is going to move, you change the temperature, the condensation drying of the barn. So let's take a step back here a bit and talk about how a pig, in essence, gains or loses heat. Yeah, there's four forms of how heat is exchanged between a pig and its surroundings, and we'll go into those. And so those four basic forms are conduction, convection, radiation, and evaporation. Which of those are probably the most important ones that we want to think of as we're thinking of a ventilation system. Yeah, with the main topic at hand today, I think with as we're diving into summer, you know, evaporation is going to be very important as this, how a lot of our barns are set up to cool animals in the summer months. Any of those other ones that are key or critical to think about? Absolutely. There's, uh, I think between all of them, conduction is very important. Conduction is really getting into what's the slat temp. You know, a lot of our, our pigs are on concrete, whether it's slats or solid floors. So that contact area between the pig and the floor is important of what is that temperature difference and how they are uh, basically conducting the heat back and forth in the transfer. And then as we get into convection, what should we consider here? Yeah, convection is really, convection is going to be that transfer of heat by physical contact with, you know, a fluid. You're going to have warm drafts, cold drafts, fans blowing across the animals to cool them. And so that contact with those areas are also going to be important in the process. Mm -hmm. And then finally, radiation. Yeah, radiation, that's used a lot, probably more in the uh, winter and spring months, especially with the younger pigs. And so that's really that pig surface area that's exposed to other ones. And so you'll hear of radiant heat and uh, where we're transferring that heat with direct contact to the source. And so probably not as important, but it can have some influence, especially if pigs are being hit by the sun and things like that in the summer months. Now, ventilation, it seems pretty straightforward. You know, it, you're, you're keeping animals cool through, through fans and, and through these types of systems. Where would you say the biggest misunderstandings really come into play? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, in the industry, Curtis, as you, as you look at it, there's just a lot, lot to take in um, with our team members and our businesses today and the caretakers that are out there watching the pigs and trying to observe behaviors and what's the ventilation system doing and in a lot of cases that the ventilation system's the, the 12th person on a football team. It's there every single day, and it's kind of that unforeseen thing that we just expect to work, but it, it does take a lot to keep it going, and I think we take it for granted. So there's lots of influences with the way fans are set up and how we have fans turned on and off and cooling systems turned on and off that not the team member really doesn't know all those facets of exactly how it's set up and what's working on behind the scenes. So maybe raising the question when something doesn't seem right becomes a little bit challenging in their environment to understand the complete process. Let's talk about some of those different setups then, because I imagine there's different types of ventilation systems. Let's dive into that. Yeah, so in our in our business today, really there's three different main types of ventilation systems you're gonna see. You're going to have the negative pressure barns uh, where you're mechanically ventilating and pulling air in from the outside to, to cool the animals. There is some push-pull systems out there where the fans are working with the pusher fans to ventilate. And then you have natural ventilation barns 
where we're just relying on Mother Nature and those to, to bring in the wind and uh, remove the heat or uh, keep the heat in those barns. And so, and then on top of that, probably the last one, which is, uh, you know, more probably on the gene center side of our business is we have HVAC systems in there, and which of those would be positive pressure, but to keep the bores cool consistently through those summer months, uh, we have air conditioners in those those gene centers. Now we talked about those four ways that, that pigs gain or lose heat, conduction, convection, radiation, and evaporation. How can we impact this heat transfer process through ventilation? Curtis, it's uh, as we come, you know, we kind of rely on the system to work all the time, but with anything, it takes maintenance and keeping, keeping all these systems up to check. When a barn's new, they work very, very well, but as time ages and you have lots of groups of pigs go through these barns, it's really important to understand that these systems need to be kept up to date. With that said, you have a lot of, a lot of things to check on. So really coming out of the, the winter and spring months, some of these fans have not been used for six, eight months. And so there's lots of things to check on. And so maybe my checklist just to kind of go through those mm-hmm. today is for guys in the barn. That's really, really important is, uh, you know, number one, just the belts on the fans. Very important if you have upper stage fans with belts, making sure you're checking those. Get in there and uh, make sure you don't have any cracked or frayed belts and then make sure they're properly tightened. So we've seen up to 20 to 25 percent loss of efficiency from these fans if we don't have belts correctly uh, tightened on these or frayed or cracked ones. So that's a, that's always important. And then also with the fan, I think it's important that, you know, if you have fan cones on the outside, they're on there for a purpose and they're to help the efficiency of these fans. And so if you have fan cones that maybe had some winter snow load on them that cracked or maybe got hit by a tractor or something on the outside, it's important to make sure those are repaired and brought back up to speed. So the efficiency of that fan is what you're expecting it to be for the ventilation in the barn. You know, if you're using wind socks on your fans to help on those really windy days to either prevent backdrafts into the barn or just help that fan out, making sure those are not ripped or hung up on the fan somewhere and, and they're dialed into the correct setting so they, they are efficient for the fan. So I think also when you when you talk about fans, it's important to note, Curtis, is especially on deep pit barns, we were not as efficient as we should be every turn, making sure these pit fans get cleaned. And so doing a really thorough cleaning of your fans to increase that performance, they can get a lot of buildup on the inside of them. The fan blades can also. And so getting through those routinely and power washing those, cleaning those fans up will improve that performance of the fan also and and get the necessary balance you need in the barn for the ventilation system the way it was set up initially. You know, some producers have curtains on their barns as well. Anything we need to look at in regards to curtains? Curtains, absolutely. You know, you know, a lot of the barns, if you're if you're just naturally ventilating, those are going to be down most of the summer months. But we do have a lot of barns that will go into tunnel ventilation mode. And so making sure those curtains do not have tears in them, tears, holes, whatever you call it, just so air is not leaking through them. But also just making sure there's no hangups on the ends of them. You have a nice even curtain all the way across. That'll give you even airflow or mitigate hot air from coming in that you're trying to tunnel ventilate through. So making sure those curtains are intact are really important also. Yeah. So basically those tears would prevent that airflow from getting to the end of the barn possibly. Yeah. It'll minimize it or air is going to come in the wrong area. And especially if you got evaporative cooling going on and it's going to bring that hot air in, uh, which you're trying to mitigate and you want most of the air coming through the cool cell or evaporative cooling pads. So that's really important. Andy, is there anything else that farm managers or maintenance crews could check 
prior to really the hottest months of the summer um, regarding their ventilation systems? Yeah, there's there's a few more things, Curtis, I'd like to discuss. And um, on your particular barn, you may have air that enters through your attic. And so through the winter months, those attics, it's there's usually a bird netting or a soffit there that you'll need to go check because those can get plugged up. They can get some dust on them and that will uh, limit the amount of air that you can bring up into the attic for your inlets. And so getting through those, sometimes it's easy as uh, taking a broom along the outside and brushing those soffits off. Another one would just be broken fan shutters on the inside of the barn. We want to make sure the broken fan shutters are fixed to mitigate air from coming back in when that fan's off or while it's on, it, it helps out that fan also. And in addition, the last thing I'd have probably in that's just verifying the sensor height of all your sensors. You know, the barns are set up, but a lot of times what you'll see between batches is somebody lift the temperature probe up and out of the way, either in the power washing process or removal of the pigs. And so making sure those those heights of all your sensors that are uh, running your ventilation system are set back to an adequate height to uh, accurately record the temperature of the barn every single day. Now, just a bit ago, you mentioned evaporative cooling pads. How did these work? Yeah, so basically the science behind it is uh, we have a, a pad that we're wetting. So the air is going to come through the pad that's wet and the water evaporates from these pad and uh, the temperature is reduced on the air coming into the pigs. Is there anything that we can be checking now so our evaporative cooling pads are ready to go and working for the season? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's a really good question, uh, Curtis, and uh, I think it's one of the most important things that we probably overlook coming into the summer months is getting these cooling pads up and ready to go. And so as you're going through your checks, the number one thing on these is making sure they're working to the optimal conditions. If you ever remember the day the barn was built, if you were there, it's uh, they always wet themselves really good and you never really seen any dry spots in them. And so making sure the the pump's working good, you have the lines cleared up top to where the air comes down through the pads, is uh, cleared of all debris so they can effectively function properly. And the maintenance on these is pretty straightforward too, but something that we neglect in the industry many times is just checking these on a regular basis. So flushing the water on a weekly basis in the strainers, um, cleaning the return water filter screen, checking for dry spots weekly. It's it's really important. So I think as, as we all talk about air and, and how it travels, air is always going to take that path of least resistance into the barn. So if you have dry spots in your pad, you're going to have more volume of air coming through those dry spots, which is going to increase your air temp in the barns if you don't get that corrected on a, on a regular basis. And with most ventilation systems today too, if you have tunnel ventilated barns and multiple cool cells pads, I think as long as you're you're watching the temperature probes in those barns and if you can say, hey, one zone of my barn is getting temperature variances or it's cooler on this side than, than the other side, then it's time to probably go check that cool cell pad out and say, hey, what's going on here so we can get it corrected and have that uniform temperature across the room. Andy, some farms have sprinklers or misting systems too. Any best practices when using these these tools? Yeah, I think in the evaporation process, I think it's really important to note and most of us would think it's it's good just to be wet all the time, and that's that's quite opposite. I think it, understanding how evaporation works is really important. And so typically, you're going to run these misters the time it takes to get the pigs wet, which, you know, in our industry, a lot of people talk on, you know, two minutes on, 15 minutes off, or two minutes on, 10 minutes off. But really, it's ultimately, it's going to go to what is uh, the geographical area in and what is that air temp drying us outside. You know, southern states uh, are going to dry out a lot quicker than areas with more humidity. So, you know, whether you have the 
dripper systems on sows and farrowing or in a finisher barn, I think it's just really important to, are they working efficiently? If, if everything's wet all the time and never drying, you probably have them on way too long. And so really watching and observing those environments on the days those misters are running to make sure they're effectively working is really, really important. Andy, and, we're running short on time, but is there any other final advice or final tips that you would like to share with our audience related to pig comfortability as we approach these summer months? Yeah, I think it's just really important. I mean, you want, um, I, I'd say the, the big one is just the observations of what's going on in your barn is really important every day. And if you, if you don't know, ask questions. Uh, there's always a solution for it. And I, I think being observant of those surroundings and what the pigs are telling you every day. And, uh, you know, in the end, like I said, the goal is to minimize the energy that pig really needs to use to, uh, to uh, get rid of the heat that maybe the day's bringing on to it. And uh, so it can be efficient and more profitable for you in the end. Very good. Thank you very much, Andy Jacobowski, director with Pill and Family Farms. On the next episode of Inside the Helix, Steve Terlau of DNA Genetics will be with us to discuss boar management. Once again, a special thanks to Andy Jacobowski for joining us today. Thank you, Curtis. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Helix, presented by DNA Genetics. Inside the Helix is released every other Tuesday and is focused on what matters to the swine industry. To catch up on previous episodes, visit us online at dnaswinegenetics.com or find us at your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also keep up with DNA Genetics throughout the year by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms. Thank you.